listening to the Soggy Bottom Girls podcast, exploring all things on the Great British Baking Show with your hosts, Alison Roche and Lisa Vukmirovic. Hi, I'm Alison. And I'm Lisa. And we are the Soggy Bottom Girls. Today, Lisa and I talk about episode five. It's the free from week. Free from. Free from. <laughs> so exciting. Yeah, I, I thought it was at first did you catch the opening with mel and sue and them talking about you know she's free from sue and sue's like whatever 17 years of my life (laughs) did you catch that i can't keep up with their puns honestly i know i know and sometimes i don't i don't catch them at first but i thought it was cute they are Um, adorable they're my all-time favorites i know i've said it before but i just love them Totally. And can I just say Sue's voice when she's doing the voiceovers? It's so beautiful. And when she says syrup and she puts a big P at the end, I'm like, yes, Sue. (laughs) Syrup. Sorry. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I digress. Please keep talking. (laughs) I love them. And to digress myself, we should maybe talk about sometime, you know, of course, the internet is flooded with tidbits and gossips and shows and spinoffs and blah, 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 all about the great British baking show. I mean, there's so much information if you start diving into it and I, I'm not super interested in that. Um, but cause there's just so much, but my husband gleefully pointed out to me that there is, you know, things on Wikipedia that are controversial. And so there are controversies, or how do the Brits say it? Controversies? Controversies? I, don't, I think it's controversy. <laughs> I could be wrong. I don't know. About this Oregano. episode or that. <laughs> Basil. <laughs> Pitta. <laughs> but one of the controversies yes. was that Mel and Sue are too, um, have too much innuendo that is leading into so they had mail the british bbc had responses about mel and sue getting too the puns being too graphic at some oh, point come on no one can see me but i am rolling my eyes get I over know. yourselves people it's so tame we see so much worse or hear worse in commercials over here that absolutely and any child who would be what like you could watch this with your kids of course but it's going to go over their heads, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, just let it go. I agree. It's so, it, although there was some controversy, <laughs> there was some controversy. Okay. I'll say it super with Scott. It was some controversy okay. about, about uh, Paul's showstopper, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that Ooh, shortly. Okay. Yes. I can't <laughs> wait to talk about that. So, Free from week, the signature. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gluten-free. Yep. Cake. Uh, have you made a gluten-free cake? Uh, yes, I have. And I'm sure you have too, a flourless chocolate or my walnut tort was flourless. So mm-hmm. it's not that great of a challenge given that so many people claim to be gluten-free. Um, there's just so many different kind of flours out there. Almond right. and coconut and, you know. You can buy a mix that's gluten-free, very easy mm-hmm. for pancakes or whatever. Um, so, you know, you just have to be a little 
you know, have a little bit of flair, but I don't, I don't think it's hard. Yeah, Says the girl who hardly makes cakes ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's so easy. <laughs> I thought the bakers came up with some interesting uh, options. So Tamal made a polenta cake with grapefruit honey syrup. Mm-hmm. I thought that sounded really delicious. And yeah. Mary and Paul thought it was really well done. Mm-hmm. There was the, of course, the given carrot cakes. Um, I believe Matt and Paul both made carrot cakes for theirs, though I think they were different. I don't know. Uh, Paul's had carrots and pecans with agave. Um, with I think we've made icing. a mistake. It's not. It's not gluten free. It's sugar free. The cake was sugar free. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> You're so Fine. good at talking about Fine. <laughs> Fine. How are you? Fine. How are you? <laughs> um, you're right. It is not. It is sugar-free. Okay. Oh, sugar-free. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. Pear ginger honey cake by Ian. Uh, they said the actual cake wasn't sweet enough, so... Your friend, the pear, wasn't enough, I guess, to Ugh, hurt. Pears, why? <laughs> why so many pears in this show? By the way, I think Ian's fellow contestants maybe were happy about that because there was a little bit of uh, chatter about, you know, him sort of being almost like a teacher's pet and him needing oh. to be knocked down a little bit. It wasn't mean spirited. It, it wasn't, wasn't American. Spirited. <laughs> no, it wasn't American spirited. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But it was just like a little good natured, like he's kind of the teacher's pet. He's won so many, but in his technical, uh, you know, they weren't impressed. I mean, in his uh, signature, rather they weren't impressed. Um, Simple. Not yeah. sweet enough. Yeah. That's what I wrote down. Elvin. Oh my gosh. The pineapple upside down cake, right? Isn't that yeah. what it was? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Super simple. He Very finished. simple, but they loved it. I mean, he finished early. He's cleaning his bench up and he's <laughs> looking around with his very nervous Alvin eyes, like back and forth, back and forth. He's freaking yes. out and they loved it. So, you know. I think Mary said his cake was cracking. Cracking. It's a cracking mm-hmm. cake. I love when she talks. Scrummy. Uh, oog, scrummy. <laughs> she didn't call it scrummy, <laughs> but I called it scrummy. <laughs> uh, Oogne made a weird kind of checkerboard chocolate and hazelnut. Mm-hmm. Um, and it broke. The top layer broke. Yeah, it looked a mess. Um, I don't think they had anything too kind to say about it, honestly. Close textured. It's a very close texture. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Flora made a pistachio, apple, and cardamom cake with honey. I thought that sounded really good, and they thought the apple was a poor choice. And that it was dodgy. I'm just going to keep talking about those British terms. Your cake is dodgy. Maybe that's why. Maybe the apple got mushy or something and kind of made it too too thick. I don't know. What's the word they use? Dodgy. Um, Dodgy. Stodgy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Matt made a carrot cake with dates and honey. Um, Paul liked it, but he said that the lack of sugar was sort of inconsequential because there was so many, it was packed with so many ingredients, which would suggest again that 
they are a lot, their palate is a lot less sweet. I agree. Um, I really think that we are just overdone on the, on the sugar here. Big time. Yeah. When I read, you know, dates, that doesn't seem like a real, (laughs) I don't like a good substitute. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. My grandma used to make a cookie with dates, like, uh, like at Christmas time, like chopped up dates. And I think that's the only time I've ever eaten them. They were good. I liked them, but, and I think there wasn't any other sugar in there. So yeah, they are very, very sweet. Um, I, Paul's carrot cake, he mentioned us using pecan with agave, and I think he had a really good icing that he made. I used to make a carrot cake that had crushed pineapple in it, and Mm -hmm. I wonder if that would be sweet enough without the extra sugar given, you know, the pineapple upside down cake was such a, such a success. Would you leave the juice in there if you were going to replace it? No, I think they drain it. Make it too wet. Yeah, yeah. Like and that crushed is sweet. pineapple, right? Crushed. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. My mom makes an amazing carrot cake and that's what she puts in it. I personally, I have maybe made one carrot cake in my life when mm-hmm. I was trying to be a good mom. When Anna turned one, I did. A- <laughs> yeah. This is a true story. I have a picture of her and guess who didn't need any of it? Anna. <laughs> Not sweet enough. I'm one. <laughs> <laughs> I should probably make one though. Cause I love it. I love carrot cake. Uh, I could take or leave it. Really? I take Cream leave it. cheese frosting. Come on. Well, here's the deal. I, I feel like maybe people are going to think I'm a horrible picky eater, but I hate raisins. And so if anybody you puts put raisins in there, girl, or sultanas, <laughs> if they put them in a cake, it runs out for me. I hate raisins. I like I raisins in a cookie and in a granola mix or whatever. But yeah, no thanks in a cake. I, I would prefer no raisins. Yeah. Sultanas are the same thing, right? That's just. Girl, I was just going to ask you if you knew what sultanas were. I don't know. Or are sultanas golden raisins, maybe? I don't I know. I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to do some Googling, but. Um, Note to sale. Sultanas are in a lot of the stuff that they make on this show. I can't believe I haven't I, looked it up. Which makes me think that that maybe I went like a lot of these bakes. <laughs> <laughs> you probably would. Upon reflection. <laughs> yeah. That's weird flavors. I, whatever. Um, speaking of weird flavors, Nadia Bloom and her basil seeds. Oh, um, my God. Come on, Nadia. That was pretty... <laughs> Do you think she made her own mulberry molasses as well? I mean, my gosh, uh, that woman. That's a really good question. I don't know. Do I you have mulberry mulberry trees around you or did you grow up yes. with them in Michigan? Yes. Um, you can just, they grow wild. I remember them yeah. being on the playground when I was in elementary school. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. They're kind of stemmy though, I yeah. think. Um. I have made a lot of mulberry things, but they're kind of stemmy and seedy. You really have to strain them well, but mulberry molasses sounds kind of good. And I wouldn't mind trying that caraway, clun- caraway crunch, excuse me. Um, they said her blueberry jam with the basil seeds bloomed into it um, was beautiful, but her cake was a little dry. Yeah. Just, I, I don't know about all those flavors. Caraway is not something that I enjoy, but 
she gets some ideas and she's yep. definitely unique with her flavors. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she sure is. And she's always just doing something super weird. You know, let, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but fish and orange rinds. <laughs> <laughs> Clementines well, and cod. We'll talk about that later, later, yeah, definitely yes. later. Yeah. So that was the signature bake. Again, I didn't think anything. Nothing was sort of like, well, no, tamales kind of stood out. They really enjoyed that. They said it was really well done. Yes, they did. But nothing well, nothing too terribly interesting otherwise. Nah, not a big deal. I think we should talk about technical. Have you made pittas before? I have not made pittas, but as someone who's lived in the 90s, I lived my (laughs) life thinking that if you put something in a pitta, it was a healthy option for you. The 90s were a very strange time for dietary restrictions. Like, here's some chicken salad with a gallon of mayonnaise. Put it in a pitta. It's healthy. Yeah, you are so right. And I have totally <laughs> forgotten about that until you just said it. I I remember that. I am I think that maybe because some of them were not just pure white, you know, they had a little grain brown. in them. Yeah. And so that equaled health, like a yep. healthy bread or something. That is so funny. And I oh. just remember eating, you know, like a sandwich that someone jammed in there. And inevitably they'd be like, let's put some... Uh, alfalfa sprouts in there yep. too or yep. something that was yep. a big thing and you can just feel that it's like draining all the moisture from your mouth <laughs> you know like oh uh, that's why the half a gallon of mayo you need in there so that's so yes, funny we did live through the 90s in the pita in america the pita craze mm-hmm. that's so funny mm-hmm. totally true a gluten-free pita which just sounds probably not very good, honestly. I don't think they even look nice when they were done. I wouldn't want to eat those. Gluten-free bread. We Since we thought the, <laughs> the signature was gluten-free. We need to I stop drinking can... before we do these podcasts, <laughs> Allison. <laughs> I, think, I think you can make a good gluten-free cake. I think bread is another story. Yes. I think it's having gone on gluten-free kicks in my household with my family – and trying many, many types of gluten-free bread. It's it's something. You really don't get quite what you're looking for. And even when you do, it's like, meh. Okay, it's, can it's I ask super you a expensive. question? Have yes. you ever tried Ezekiel bread? Yes. Everybody says that. It's uh, terrible. It's awful. <laughs> it is horrible. Dan, it is horrible. Dan bought it for a long time, Dan, my husband. And I was talking to my good friend, Ted, who's a teacher next door to me. Um, and he goes, you know... Once you try it, you start eating Ezekiel bread. You think, yeah, I don't need to eat bread anymore because it's just so <laughs> terrible. And um, obviously, we're not looking for Ezekiel bread to uh, sponsor our show. But it's got, <laughs> it's like some Bible Bible recipe. So if you eat it, you're closer to God or something. But um, it's not good. It doesn't even no. taste like bread. And like Dan would toast it and put peanut butter on it. I'm like, why don't you just eat peanut butter from the jar? Because this is just cardboard. It is awful. So, sorry, I digress. We should talk about pittas now, right? Well, except for the fact that I need to share something that I found at Aldi. Ooh, do tell, girl! Um, They have that brand Live Free. 
mm-hmm. which they have a lot of gluten-free items, including snickerdoodles, which I do partake you in. You throw them to your chickens. To I've seen you. <laughs> <laughs> but the live-free, gluten-free bread, uh-huh. it's kind of pricey, but it's right up there with other breads. I think it's $5.99 at Aldi. Is pretty good. It's What's a pretty in it? good. Well, not gluten. I'm telling you that. Do you think it's psyllium? You should look at the ingredients and tell me if there's psyllium in there. Well, I can do that. Um, but it's pretty, it's pretty good. And okay. as long as you keep it in the freezer, cause it never lasts. It's never very shelf stable. You know, once you've opened it, it molds, um, freeze it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's pretty good. And a lot of their live free products, I would say, impress me. So mm-hmm. you can find that at Aldi. I love how they're so health conscious there with, you know, first it was fit and active and um, then the live free stuff. And now they've got so many organic choices. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just love that about Aldi. I love mm-hmm. everything about Aldi. You just need to say that. Preach it. Um, <laughs> yes. Technical. Back to the Pitta. pitta. Okay. Um, yeah, everybody seemed like sort of taken aback by the psyllium or whatever mm-hmm, we're calling the gelatinous that. gelatinous gluten substitute. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, I think they all were like, what does a pita look like again? Am I thinking right. of focaccia? Am I thinking of something else? But, um, Elvin, I think he's one of the ones that was like, could not think of even what a, a pita looked like. He yeah. came in eighth. He came in last in the technical. I just think it would be really hard to get that pocket in there. I mean, how do you know what is the right thickness in order to get that pocket? I don't know. The most of them didn't have it. I agree. And I think Mary opened one up and then kind of worked one. And she said, well, I had to kind of, and I thought, well, isn't that what they all are really? It's just, you're kind of, the pita doesn't know to make a <laughs> make that pocket. I don't know. It's just, I don't know. But Nadia's did. It had a little pocket in there, didn't it? Yep. And, and Paul had a proper pocket. I wrote that down. Yep. Yep. They came in first and second. Flora was mm-hmm. third. Uh, Matt came in fourth. Ian came in fifth. And he's kind of a bread guy. You know, he's yeah. good at bread. Not, not thin enough. But who's going to make a pita? Come on. I don't know. know. Ugne was sixth, Tamal seventh. And as we said before, Alvin Mm -hmm. came in eighth. Just doughy. Yeah. What are you going to do? Poor Alvin. Um, eh, I'm fine with being done with pita talk. Okay. (laughs) Unless you have a health food recipe you'd like to share. Um, no, actually I used to, I used to take the pitas and slice them down the middle and cut them into little chips and toast them in the oven with, um, spinach dip. That's like a nineties thing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Spinach dip back Mm -hmm, then. mm -hmm. Well, the showstopper, I liked, I liked the showstopper. I did. It was, it had to be a dairy free ice cream roll. And this is our friend from Wisconsin telling us that it's okay to be dairy-free sometimes. Well, ice cream, um, you would think that with all the dairy I have around me, I have five dairy cows. You'd think that I would be making ice cream a lot. Um, I do have an ice cream maker. The bowl stays in our basement freezer mm-hmm. most of the year. Mm-hmm. And on is it a to rare... put on your KitchenAid? Is that what you do? <laughs> I have a KitchenAid ice. No, I have a KitchenAid ice cream maker that's separate from my mixer. 
Yeah, yeah. But I mean, the bowl is the part that you put in the freezer. Right. From the KitchenAid. Yeah, yeah. I got exactly. it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You have that too? I do. My mother-in-law gave it to me and I kept it in the freezer for a long time. And then I'm like, this is taking up too much room and I'm not going to make any ice cream. So I took it out, but I still have it. It's easy to make. It's easy to make. I was just down in my chest freezer and uh, saw it in there. And I just like a percentage of me must think that it's better to have it frozen and make it once every four years and to have it occur to me and not have it frozen. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, it's there. And I have an ice cream lover in my household and I still, it just doesn't, I don't know, making ice cream. It's just so easy to buy ice cream. (laughs) It is easy to buy. And there's so many different flavors, but so the substitutes that they use though, coconut milk, easy peasy. That's creamy. Do you ever cook with coconut milk? I make um, curry. And put coconut milk in it. Exactly. I just make a curry um, squash soup Mm -hmm. uh, and a couple other sort of Asian flavored Mm -hmm. items. But I don't know that I've done anything sweet. I don't think I have either. But I do like the flavor of coconut. Mm -hmm. I'll drink a pina colada. How's that? (laughs) That was a good one to segue into. uh, Wasn't that what Paul's was supposed to kind of taste like? Well, pineapple, mango, lime. Mm -hmm. An almond spud sponge. Sponge. <laughs> uh, a lot of them use that coconut milk, though. A lot of them did. And his cutie patootie that he made for the top. His naked girl. Yeah, I think that was controversial. <laughs> Keep saying it. Um, it, was just so, <laughs> it was so adorable. I just, his little artistic side, I loved it. And it just added like a lot of spice to this. Yeah, something fun for Sue and Mel to talk about, you know, and she's got her little bikini and then Paul tries to saw it. Paul Hollywood saw it, you know, down the middle. Yeah. Yeah. It was just fun. I thought it was super sweet. And Mm -hmm. I love, I love, I've never done this. The imprint of another, you know, Nadia did it for her ice cream roll. And I think Paul did it where you have a design that you've laid out on cellophane or Mm -hmm. plastic. Mm-hmm. Have you done that? I never have. No, but it look it doesn't look that hard. I know. I'm not a super artistic person, so I don't try to make my bakes look super fancy. But um, I just the magic of you lay it down, then pour the pour the batter over the top, and bake it like that. Very smart. I love it. And Nadia made this beautiful, and they said it looked exciting, and I would agree. She made a lime mousse, and then she had kind of done a spoke. You know, she did five or six little rolls, and then they were all on spokes with strawberries all over. I thought hers was really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Very good. And it looked good. delicious. Strawberry and lime mousse. Um, Flora made a chocolate and your favorite pear Pears. jam. <laughs> Outside of a chocolate sponge. And then she was sort of saying that she was making a bouche as like a bouche de Noël, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. She had gotten the brief wrong, apparently. Well, I got I got the brief wrong, too, just like our friend Matt. Wasn't it Matt who we thought it was his, like a rolled-up Swiss roll? You know, yeah. I make pumpkin rolls all the time and roll them, right. up, roll them on up. Right. When they said ice cream roll, I thought mm-hmm. you're supposed to spread it out and roll it up. But yes. Matt and I are the only ones who got it wrong. Everybody else mm-hmm. got it right. And poor Matt couldn't get enough ice cream on there. He I made know. it harder on himself. Yeah, he did. 
Um, he made a coconut milk ice cream with raspberry. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. Yeah, I think so. Um, Ian also made coconut custard ice cream with mango and stem ginger. Um, does stem ginger, sorry, listener for the idiocy, <laughs> does that mean buying fresh ginger and just I think that's what it up, or is it the candied? We call it root, root. Don't you think that's what it is? Well, now that you say that so plainly, yes, I do think that's what it is. You overthought it, my friend. I did. I did think I did overthink it. Do you use stem ginger or ginger root? And you know, I have bought root once or twice and I love the smell. It's Mm -hmm. so amazing, but we have to talk about it again. I'm sorry that at Aldi, you can buy a tube of it. You can get um, minced ginger in a tube so you wouldn't have to get the root and grate it. And it, grating ginger root is a pain. It is a big pain. It is. It's well, so, pe- yeah. um, it's so uh, fibrous. Thank you. I wanted to say that, but I couldn't get the word. It's so fibrous. So yeah, like when I make a lot of Asian dishes and things like that, I just get out my little squeeze bottle of ginger from Aldi. So I would highly recommend keeping that on hand if you like to cook savory or sweet things. Well, when you make, say, a gingerbread, Mm -hmm. could you use fresh ginger? Do you have to use powdered? I never have used fresh ginger in gingerbread. And I I hate to brag, but I've made an awful lot of gingerbread. You know, Uh, yes, you have. Oh, my gosh, um, yes. I have it. At least for myself, I have it perfected. I've changed a recipe that I found. Um, mm-hmm. And powdered ginger is the only way to go. I really don't think that a fresh ginger, unless, I mean, you you could probably like make ginger sugar and then use the sugar in your gingerbread to give that flavor. But the ah. the texture of the ginger itself would probably ruin your gingerbread and make it break. Gotcha, gotcha. Because it really has to be smooth. You can't have any chunks of anything in there. You know, even uh, the granule, the size of a, you know, a ginger granule would, would really bother it. So that mm-hmm. that's my own personal opinion. And probably somebody out there is like, no, you're crazy. You absolutely should. But I'm a powdered ginger gal with a gingerbread. Well, I, you, I would not question anything regarding gingerbread. With and I'm you. talking about gingerbread cookies just so people know Allison knows that I make gingerbread cookies and gingerbread houses I have made a gingerbread cake before Mm -hmm. um and used powder of course but maybe you could use it in a cake it might add some moisture to that Hmm. maybe I'll give that a try this week who knows even though the holidays are over maybe I'll have to check out the google on that um, Mm -hmm. and see what's what uh Alvin (laughs) you Greeny ice cream. <laughs> but young coconut meat. What was <laughs> that's my You know what? When it comes to Alvin, I'm just not gonna question things. If he says it's young <laughs> coconut meat, okay, Alvin, all right. I it was kind of bright green, old. right? Yeah. I guess. <laughs> he used <laughs> he used a mango and passion fruit jam. Um mm-hmm. and an Italian meringue. Um, which they did say was delicious with a Mm -hmm. great ice cream flavor. Uh, Tamal, his passion fruit ice cream and pineapple jam. Pineapple jam 
Yeah, that would be good, I guess, with lemon sponge. That was what threw me, the pineapple jam with lemon sponge. But Paul said it was stunning, and Mary thought it was beautiful. Yeah, it sounds, the flavors sound amazing. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Something that it's like on my bucket list to taste sometime in my life. I literally, I don't think I've ever tasted passion fruit. And they use it all the time. And I don't even know where to find it. Um, I'm with you. I have never tasted passion fruit. And also, do you feel like less than a baker because you don't use uzu <laughs> juice and everything? <laughs> no, right? <laughs> There's so many things that they do, and I'm like, I have no idea what's happening right now. I'll just I'll just go with it. I would like to go take some baking classes over in oh, the gosh. UK, I think. You, oh, in the UK. Okay. I was going to say you should teach some baking classes. Um, I can teach you how to make a gingerbread house. How's that? <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> so Ugne really just <gasps> sealed her herself in her yeah, tomb. With her peanut butter like, and jelly. Yeah. It sounded grape, good. Peanut butter ice cream with a grape jelly and... She did it just kind of weirdly. And I, I guess they were foreshadowing by how many times they were sort of like, are you really, you're really going to put it on the outside? You're really going to mm-hmm. do it this way. Mm-hmm. You're really going to do it that. And that's what she did. And she stuck to it and then just sort of seemed to struggle to keep it in its place the whole rest of the show. You know, before presenting. She, she used that chocolate sponge and, yeah, chocolate and peanut butter go well together. Obviously, we know that. But mm-hmm. putting the grape jelly in there, I feel like a different flavor of sponge would have been a better idea. Don't you? With peanut butter, I mean, I, we're so American. You probably eat a thousand peanut butter and jellies growing up like I did. I wouldn't want that with chocolate. I was thinking the same thing. A vanilla cake would yeah, have been vanilla. better or something with less... Because peanut butter ice cream has got to be kind of strong with, and you want the peanut. They they love the peanut butter ice cream, right? Let the peanut butter ice cream be the star of the show, with a little bit of that jelly to cut the sweetness of it, and maybe just a vanilla sponge. Who am I? I don't know. I don't make, I don't make ice cream rolls. (laughs) Well, she used. Pardon me. She used grape jelly, and this would be a question for a British baker. You know, I sometimes they seem to bring in jellies they've made at home or jams they've already made at home. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're criticized for using a store-bought thing or, but I don't recall her making, <laughs> I don't recall her making grape jelly for this. So yeah. she must have used a jar. I would love to know the answer to that. That when we get our first contestant on our show, once we get more than 10 <laughs> listeners, I think we're going to... Um, we're going to ask them that. that. That is at the top of my list, too. Like, what is allowed to be brought from home? Obviously, you can bring your um, uh, eggs from your guinea fowl and rhubarb from your garden. But, you know, can right. you bring a jar of jam that you bought at Aldi? I don't know, because their <laughs> jam is good. <laughs> Obviously, we know that. <laughs> Isn't that where you got some of your plum preserves or... Or I told you they had plum preserves there. I did not find, I could not find the plum preserves there. So I did have to make my own. Um, but I have seen fig jam there before. They, uh, yes. I bought raspberry jam there and I always have strawberry and grape from there in my pantry all the time. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. good stuff. Hmm. Can't beat it. Well, 
Uh, at the end of all these showstoppers, Nadia wins Starbaker finally. Starbaker. Mm-hmm. Yep. And she sort of starts building her confidence and re- revealing that she's proud of herself, which I think is kind of sweet because it sort of indicates that she, you know, isn't used to getting attention for baking for sure. Maybe from her husband always mm-hmm. seems supportive, but she mm-hmm. just, I liked how she sort of had this way to like, I'm proud of myself and you, I think that's where things kind of started to turn around for her. You know she really what? Confidence. I agree. And it's like Nadia decided I'm a badass. Yeah. And I'm going to yeah. work hard for this. Yeah. yeah. You know? And she yeah. did. Obviously yeah. she worked really hard for that. And she just became very, very determined. I mm-hmm. love that you, that you noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. She did that. And I thought that was sweet. And, and she said her family would be so proud. And I just love those British baking show moments for I sure. Know. She's always worthy of a tear or two. Ugne was eliminated and, um, you know, she wasn't really even surprised. I don't think. And no, I don't think I so. I liked her. I liked her. I, I think she was kind of an interesting addition. She brought in some different types of flavors for mm-hmm. sure. She's a cute personality. I liked yeah, her. Yeah, she does. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did too. I did and too. And a cute haircut. And a cute haircut. <laughs> <laughs> what ifs? <laughs> she had a little uh, bob that she needed to tuck a lot. She, she might need to tuck that bob. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking that. <laughs> so funny that you said that. <laughs> uh, well, I think that's us. We're we're done. And dusted. Thank you for listening to the Soggy Bottom Girls podcast. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Soggy Bottom Girls or connect with us at SoggyBottomGirls.com. And may all your bakes be worthy of a Hollywood handshake.